after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. What's this a synonym? I think it's a spice that you put on porridge. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. What you got cooking? I was watching... Uh, as we are want to do and, and want to talk about, probably ad nauseum, um, I was watching Policewoman, Angie oh, yeah. Dickinson vehicle from the 1970s. Yes. Um, weirdly, weirdly, like, not something I was aware of until we stumbled upon it. On Crackle. On Crackle. That's why I crackle. This is becoming rapidly becoming a Crackle promotion yeah. podcast. A Crackle fan we are not. We are promoting Crackle for no consideration, I might add. Although I would do a official Crackle podcast where we do recaps of- Don't tempt me. That would be great, but we I would need them to pay us for that. I'm doing a lot of podcasts I don't get paid for right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. That's true. more than most people have. So. Anyway, point being, I was watching Policewoman, and um, it's it's Crackle, so it does have ads, uh, which is honestly kind of a relief to me because so much of my media now is ad-free that I, I struggled sometimes with the content for this show. And uh, and, a, and a, an ad came on uh, that's running currently for Xfinity that took place in the cockpit of a commercial airplane with the pilots doing their, ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking, you know, kind oh, of Oh, you thing. found that? All found week it. you've been saying, I can't find the I, commercial that I got, inspired I just, this. I just took a bullet for the show and, um, and got on Crackle and just watched more Crackle <laughs> until I saw it. Oh, boy, what a bullet to take. I know. <laughs> Do you know, did I tell you that Elf's on Crackle? Oh. <gasps> No. Yeah, I you, started watching the pilot the other night. Honestly, but I fell you are talking me into this Crackle podcast. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. They we get them to uh, pay us to do a weekly Crackle podcast where we just take a random episode of a random show or a movie and review and talk, it. And it's just the name is Wyatt Crackles. Wyatt Crackles. I mean, like, let's yeah. not overcomplicate it. No, yeah. absolutely. Damn. All right. Well, uh, I guess Crackle execs, if you're listening. Um, you can get at us at uh, 603-444-5597. <laughs> uh, no, it's not 603. What is our no, number? You should know our number. It's 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. Anyway, I was watching Crackle, and this ad came on where that that's you know that was set in a cockpit or in a commercial airplane with pilots talking. And I thought, like, I'm just always on, like, trope alert, as you know. Like, anything that feels, like, very tropey to me kind of, like, sets off my Mm -hmm. ATM uh, radar. And I was thinking about, like, yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of ads, certainly a lot of ads that take place on airplanes, but specifically ads um, that are that those the, the two pilots, and boy, do they, like, there is a... There is a typecast kind of man, and I will say it's a man. I was going to say, I have a strong feeling a that women man, are going to be underrepresented. It's a white man with a mustache. Yeah. Uh, and aviators, of course, um, in, a, in a pilot seat. And using that trope and using the pilot as like a voice of, sometimes for credibility's sake, but also sometimes just like leaning into some like funny idea about pilots. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I found some examples of other other products that use the pilots and the, co- the pilot in the cockpit talking to the passengers um, as a as a way to market. And then uh, we got some reactions to our our uh, offers you can't refuse mobster show that we'll uh, we'll unpack. Oh yeah, some dazzling details sent along after some we had fair- some conversations about yeah. the Rockford Files and David Chase's early episode of the Rockford Files. Yeah, some listeners of- out there with some dazzling deets, so I'm excited to follow up on that. And then, uh, do you have a BT Dubs? Yeah, I got a couple of Buick commercials from 1995 that is going to really show... Um, I think some disparities in the way we advertise cars to men and women. Uh, Yes, I have no doubt. Yes. So, all right. Let's start, though, by, uh, let's see here. Can I, I can't, I don't really do a, you did a good pilot imitation before. Do you want to give a, ladies and gentlemen, prepare to take off? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you would take your seats, we will uh, be taxiing to the runway here momentarily. Take
huge, huge props on choosing today's music. And this is the perfect <laughs> song to start this segment. It delighted me when I saw it oh, in the good. show. Yep. Um, I, I was doing it kind of under uh, on a little bit of a ticking clock, so I'm glad you like it. There, I was just kind of like, 80s songs, wings. What, what, do I, what do we got? It was between this and... Um, uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, yeah. That's, which I know that's you good, also too. Yeah. Appreciate. I know well, you love your bet. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you always bet on bet. That's always, what I always bet on say. bet. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't she make an album or a tour or something called Maybe that? she did. How close are you paying attention, honestly? I feel like I wouldn't know about it as a Bette Midler fan, mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I would know about it as someone who likes puns. <laughs> Yeah, that, as as a pun aficionado, what would yeah. be a bet? What would be, maybe it would be um, all bets are off. No, that's not that's not a good one. Um, Just bet on it. Bet on it is yeah. probably probably the best. You can bet on it. Bet your bottom dollar. Okay, stop, stop. Let's just <laughs> now we're just free associating. Just, I, I told you before Bette the show, and, and I know I say this a lot, but I'm like real. This is the third podcast I'm recording today. I know. Which I'm, gonna, I, I'm not I'm gonna, trying to be a martyr about it, but me, I just want to warn people that my brain is a little bit mushy right now. So let my me apologies be for the slappy. wind beneath your wings yes. today, and and start us off here. So let's start with that Xfinity ad that uh, I mentioned, and. This does take place in a in a plane. Um, we're hearing two pilots. Um, we're sort of cutting in between the cockpits where the pilots are talking and the cabin where the passengers who look very crammed in. It's very much like a non-luxury flying experience. Mm-hmm. This isn't Jennifer Aniston. This is taking not a Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, like in her private, su- like suite. spreading out in her private suite in the front of a, a United Emirates plane. Um, no, this is a, this is you know a very relatable flying experience, I think. But these pilots are pitching this idea that it's Black Friday. They're going to have to take the plane down for an emergency landing because they've got to get into Xfinity or get down to the ground to take advantage of these Xfinity Black Friday deals. Um, and everybody is really excited, which is not typically what you experience when you hear that your plane is going to be making an emergency landing. Folks, it looks like we're going to have to land this big old bird earlier than expected because it's the Xfinity Black Friday sale. Get the fastest mobile service with Xfinity Mobile. Yeah, we'll be cruising in to get the best price for two lines of Unlimited for just $30 each per month. Oh, my. Plus, for a limited time, get $500 off an eligible 5G phone. Even you, 22C. Flight attendants, prepare for big savings. Drop everything. Get to the Xfinity Black Friday sale. Click call or visit a store today. I noticed that there's two white male pilots in their 30s. As um, far as I know, those are literally the only people who are allowed to fly planes. But I wonder if we will if we will see a pattern here. I notice only one has a mustache, and I wonder if there's like sort of a one mustache in the. There's always only there's only one mustache rule. allowed in the cockpit. You are. I'm so glad you keyed in on that. It's it's very accurate assessment. And I only had to see one to pick up on the pattern. Yeah, this- That's how patterns work. <laughs> Yes, one and done, as they say. <laughs> um, so this next one is very similar, actually. And I saw it when I was looking for this Xfinity one. And I thought maybe I had stumbled upon the one I was looking for, um, but it's almost identical in like the plot and oh everything. My God. I just, I just opened this one. Same exact shot, only mustaches on the left. Instead yeah, mustache of the right. is the co-pilot in this one. <laughs> um, and um, and the and and pilot. Pilot number one. I don't know mm-hmm. what you call them. The first one. Um, King pilot. King pilot is uh, is more of like a silver fox type in this one rather than like the other ones. They both looked like, um, you know, I don't know. They just like they were sort of like younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so so silver fox and mustache are uh, are in the pi- are in the cockpit. And again, like the premise here is we got to land this plane because there's a great deal at IHOP. Oh, same deal. Same exact deal. Have you checked the pancake? Pancakes. And what about the pancake? Pancakes <laughs> and pancakes. And the pancakes? Yeah, we're pancakes, sir. <laughs> well, that sounds flipping pancakes to me. <laughs> yes, it does. Ladies and gentlemen, we are cleared for pancakes. They're three ninety nine, all you can eat for a limited time. And then they just show like a toy plane. <laughs> 
crashing <laughs> into a model or like landing in the parking lot of a model IHOP. I love the absurdity of I it. I do too. I like the, I like the props. Suddenly it's just like the it's literally the, it, the IHOP looks like a dollhouse, like an IHOP miniature dollhouse, and then just like a toy plane just clunking into a bunch of cars yeah. in the parking. Should I hit go on this? Is there anything more at the end, or is this? I think this that's is the, the end of it. There might be. A, oh, there might be. A, all you can eat pancakes, pancakes, pancakes at IHOP. Wait, all you can eat pancakes for three ninety nine? This was a couple years old. I actually think we somehow talked about this ad because it looks so familiar to me. It, I definitely have seen it before. I yeah. didn't remember, but the pancakes, pancakes, pancakes gets but me. Man, three ninety nine for all you could eat pancakes. I mean, I know that was several years ago, and inflation's, uh, you know, like really amped up the prices since then. But even within recent memory, that's a great deal. Yes. I was just having but, IHOP pancakes I this weekend, and they I said to you at IHOP, I really think they make the best pancake. No, I know, but here's what I was going to say. It sounds like, wow, for $4, I can just eat, but like, when you sit down to breakfast, you don't want just pancakes, 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 pancakes. You want some pancakes, but you you definitely are going to want some protein in there. You probably want some eggs in yeah. there, like you know. And also, I mean, two IHOP pancakes is. And then yeah, two pancakes a is plenty. Ton of food. Exactly. Even yeah. if you just like love pancakes, which I assuredly do. I mean, I can go for maybe on a bet. I can go six, but like beyond that. I just physically can't eat more pancakes. No, I could. Well, I mean, I ordered a big meal and it came with two pancakes and I could only get through half of them. I finished my whole meal and I ordered the basically the same thing. You, you didn't did. order as much as I did, but um, <laughs> I ordered more proteins. I was going to say. <laughs> I, I just finished all my carbs. There's this IHOP near our house. So suddenly I'm going to IHOP more than I used to. Now, I've, it's not like I'm going every week or anything. I, you know. I don't know, when we first moved here, I, I went a couple of weekends in a row when you were out of town or something. But, you know, anyway, yeah, more more than away. I used to. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> See you at the IHOP, ladies. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, because I had you there for support this time, <laughs> I had the um, I had the the bravery to ask if they had the special kinds of syrups yes. because also it was still I mean I know it was just March but I feel like when I was going there the first couple of times since we moved in here and again this is just March this is like six months ago or whatever it is I can't do the math I feel like I was still wearing a mask in there sure. I feel like there was still very much like they were bringing out um and they would finally bring out a whole thing of syrup, but they were bringing out like packs of yes. of salt and pepper, and it still felt a lot of restaurant service was there. very pandemic-y, very yeah. like single serve items, right? Like that. And yeah. so I never asked like, and they would just bring out the maple syrup, or as they call it, like traditional syrup or something. Because <laughs> I'm sure that legally there's no maple in there. Yeah, maybe. And they probably got sued by like the Vermont maple farmers of America. But it's so rare that I have a pancake breakfast, yeah. and it's only when I'm at like an IHOP or on the occasion that I'd be at a Denny's or something, which is rare rare these days. Um, but if I'm going to do that, I want like one of those like boysenberry or strawberry yeah. or blueberry um, syrups. I now mean, they it, don't do boysenberry anymore. Okay, they do blueberry. So that must have been what I had blueberry. Then they do this blueberry, Sunday. strawberry, and like a a butter pecan or something. Oh God. Well, you know, to each their own. <laughs> okay, sorry. But we were sitting. That at was the, just a re, that was just an honest reaction. We were sitting at there at the table, and they do have the traditional maple flavored mm -hmm. maple flavored syrup. Um, contains no maple. Uh, at the table, and you were like, "Oh, I really want to get one of these fruit ones." They advertise them in the menu, but they also said on the menu when available. Availability, yeah, yeah may vary. But th thankfully, I could. I had a. a, a an eye line, eye line of mm -hmm. sight to the kitchen, and I could see that they had the colored. You flavor. had eyes on that. I had eyes on it, so yeah. we got the we got the blueberry. That's pretty nice. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, definitely like mix. I like to mix it up. Mm -hmm. um, I like a pretty obscene amount of syrup on my pancakes. Me too. I mean, that's the deal. If I'm going to eat them, I don't want them to be dried out. Like I'm going to, you know, butter them up, and I'm definitely going to like probably reapply some syrup oh, mid pancake. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to reapply. Yeah. 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 Now, I know you don't eat pork sausage anymore, but for me, the move is because when you order, when you order the amount of food that I order, it comes out on two different plates. The pancakes are on a separate Honestly, plate. I wish that they, I mine came on two plates. I ordered a side of hash browns and like my eggs and my turkey bacon came with my pancakes. Bacon, sure, that can go in the syrup. 
don't want the eggs to touch the syrup. No, you don't want the eggs to touch the syrup. But what I did do was I moved my pork sausage over to the pancake plate yeah. so that you would get yeah, the move, accidental yeah, syrup coverage there. Yeah, yeah. You got to have the protein touching mm-hmm. the syrup. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this has been Pancake Talk. Uh, all right, let's talk about speak- uh, speaking of I would of say protein. that that commercial worked. <laughs> yeah, right? They just had a commercial where they just said pancake 500 <laughs> times, and then we had a conversation <laughs> where we said pancake 500 times. Like, like as yeah. Bernadette Peters says in the movie The Jerk, wow, this shit really this works. This shit really works. That's right. Um all right. This isn't speaking of protein. Um, this is for uh, uh, like a protein bar or something. Mm. I forget. Yeah, a, pro- a chewy chocolate chip protein bar. Mm. Um, and this is really making fun or using the the um, the the trope of like being when you're on a plane. We all know this. You're on a plane and the pilot starts making announcements about how it's going to be delayed for this or that reason, and they tell you it's going to be like 20 minutes. But we all know now. We all know, right? They pulled back the curtain. 20 minutes is just the number that like science has decided that we can all sort of like stand to sit without further updates. And then they update you again in 20 minutes to tell you it's going to be another 20 minutes. Yeah. That's the whole thing on 30 rock. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, I think there's like quite a lot of evidence that that is in fact how this shit works, right? Like if you, now that we all have a tiny supercomputer in our pocket, we can look at services that tell you like when your plane will actually take Mm -hmm. off just the same as the pilots can. So this is just a pilot talking to the camera from the cockpit, basically giving you the lowdown on how it's going to be a long wait. What's your plan? Hop this quick flight, be home in time for dinner? Unfortunately, we won't be taking off for a while. I forgot to radio in and now we're 44th in line for takeoff. So I'll use my smooth pilot voice to tell you it'll only be 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes. Until it's been four hours. I hope you brought a snack because we don't have them anymore. Good afternoon. <laughs> and then he gets on the he he. That's him at the very end picking up the walkie-talkie thing. Totally like, Good afternoon voice. in a totally different voice. Yeah, I like how um, bitter it is towards yes. the airlines. Because, Someone yeah. is pissed. Yeah. Some advertising, some ad uh, writer, creative here. Uh, had an extremely bad experience in a recent flying uh, yeah. trip, I think. I hope you brought a snack because we don't have one anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I think it's actually a good commercial. I think it's funny. I think it dunks on the airline industry in a way that really speaks to me um, because I do think it's one of the only services that we have where we hand over big chunks of money to not be sure whether or not we're going to get the service we paid for. Yeah. Um, it's just an amazing, an amazing thing they've pulled off there. Um but also, like, it really ties to the product. It's not just a little skit, and then at yeah. the end, it's the logo. It's like, okay, you should carry these little bars around because you might find yourself in position. In fact, I could see them doing a whole campaign where you have various situations where... You can't you, get to yeah. a snack place or something. Yeah, I mean, having a protein bar with you, I think that they could do more to sort of illustrate the specifics of why pure protein is the way to go because yeah. my takeaway from it was like carry a snack not carry their snack yeah exactly you but could have a little bag of cheerios and and uh, raisins have a little bag of cheerios and raisins that sounds weird but i mean you do does that you. sound weird to you i mean it sounds weird to me as an adult obviously but i feel like when i was a kid you're always being offered a, a little maybe it was just my family that wasn't a thing for you like cheerios and not raisins that specific the... uh, uh really? sort of down market gorp no <laughs> Down market Gorp. If we did, if we were the kind of show that did, is um, Gorp a name for trail mix? Is that, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it stands for something, or it uh, might be an acronym. But Gorp was like the thing. I went to a very hippie summer camp, and they called the like homemade trail mix that they, you know, doled out uh, a Gorp. Did they call the people who handed out Gorp dorks? <laughs> no. Like, I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> Gorp dork. I sort of feel like, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, counselor, I'm hungry. Go see the Gorp dork. And they're <laughs> handing out, like, trail mix over there. The Gorp dork was chained up in a basement. <laughs> and he just, no, he just, he just, like, no, was no, chained no, next no, to a bucket full no, of Gorp. No, no, I don't like that. You don't want to get too close to the Gorp dork. <laughs> no, don't. Just close enough to get your, your Gorp bag filled. But <laughs> then you got to really hightail it out of there What's because the... the Gorp dork is not well socialized. What is under that mask? What is under that mask? <laughs> it's troubling. <laughs> 
Okay. You took We're going to get letters. You took this too gorp. We are going to um, get letters. All right. What's up next? All right. This one, um, when you Google uh, pilot commercials, this one comes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you contextualize it for us. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we've talked, actually, we've talked about this campaign before recently. Um, Sling did a campaign, Sling TV, like a streaming, kind of like a, I guess it's like a Roku, right? Uh, Sling did a campaign where people watch so much of a particular genre of television that they think they can leap into action. Yes, I love the one. There was a woman who one. like pretended to be, thought she was a doctor. Because she, she watched too many like ER, hospital yeah. procedurals. So she's like trying to help someone who slips at a diner and she's exactly. great. She does a great performance. So this is a, it's the same premise, oh, same uh, you know campaign. I will say I don't think the writing or the performance works quite mm. as well. I think it's a great concept. I think there, I would like... I think the script could have used one more punch up before they they called it good, but it's it's pretty good. So the premise here is they're in, we're in the air on a plane. The flight attendant comes to the the PA system and says, you know, we need someone who can fly the plane. And in the passenger in the cabin, we see a guy who's obviously a pilot. You can tell because he's a middle aged white mm-hmm. guy, but also he's wearing a pilot uniform. Mm-hmm. But he's a passenger. He's though. a passenger. He's just like happens to be on the plane. He's deadheading. Isn't that the word That's for that? That's right. He's deadheading. Yes. Although, is it only deadheading? No, it's deadheading if they're just flying. But if it's it, there's a deadhead seat. I learned this from oh. Catch Me If You Can. Oh, okay. In the in the cockpit. Chase me all the way. From Chase Me All the Way, in the cockpit. That's like a little jump seat where you can like. Oh, you can okay. stick a, a spare pilot or somebody. I see. Okay. Anyway, this pilot is deadheading just from the cabin, and um, he you see him about to raise his hand, like you know, I guess I'm a pilot, and his sort of like so, sort of slightly twerpy looking seatmate jumps in front of him and says basically like, "Hey, I've watched a lot of shows where someone has to fly uh-huh. a plane. I can do this." Does anyone on board know how to fly an airplane? I got this. I have Sling TV, so I watch tons of shows and movies. You know that scene where the president has to fly the plane? I watch it a lot. <laughs> now, is the cockpit in the front or the back? Sling lets you build your perfect channel lineup, so you get the live TV you love for just $35 a month. I know we start with this one. Nope, not that one. With Sling, you're confident you get the best of live TV. Maybe too confident. Get your first month now for only $10. Sling. I think he's selling a lot of physical comedy there that you can't... You, can't hear on the podcast obviously he's just kind of like a like you say a very actually a very dorky looking guy I yeah the writing is not as good because like the pilot is the cockpit in the front or the back that belies the whole thing yeah Yeah, like the humor of the woman who thought she was a doctor was like she was saying a lot of tropey things that you would hear yes that weren't applicable quite right but but are the things you would hear like you would never hear like Harrison Ford in Air Force One doesn't go is the pilot is the you know right is the cockpit in the front or the back i think she says something like we need a waffle stat or something kind of like you know using like the stat thing but yeah hit- but applying it to a diner yeah but, i mean have yeah. him be an idiot for sure that's funny but like have him ask a question that is you know that's two clicks off instead of just like completely asinine yeah i feel like there are so many i mean i probably will not come up with something here on the fly again i'm very tired um but i feel like there are just other tropes of an airplane emergency where you would you know you would sort of take command yeah. in the way she took command in the diner and like kind of bark orders to somebody or even though they would be nonsensical the, yeah are yeah. we flying on blank or blank you right. know flip a bunch of switches and then maybe have an alarm go off but like this was really um a disappointment you know, I think it was a fun concept, and I think he'd actually the performance isn't terrible, but the writing could have used mm-hmm, a little bit more. Definitely. Um, but I like the generally, I like the campaign. Me by too. Sling. Me too. Yeah. Um, all right, this next one is uh, is I don't even know exactly what it's for. Well, I guess that's not true. It's for something called Science World, which I think I assume is like a science museum for for children and families. I think so too. I this is the it's only commercial cli- that I've watched on here and um, It's really not very clear what it's for. No, but I think they almost mean it that way because they say the name of the during the entire commercial you have no idea what's being advertised and at the very end you only see the logo for the science yeah. whatever, what is science world. And then I think it even says something like find out what we're talking about so by going to tease. our website. Yeah. Yeah, but it is having said that, having said that it's a little bit opaque what it's actually advertising it's a pretty funny sketch just as a as a little sketch we have two pilots um 
again, very much the type that we've come to expect here, uh, typecast. And instead of being in the cockpit, they're sitting at the gate. They're in the they're in the airport at the gate, kind of waiting to go on their airplane. And one of them is doing a crossword puzzle, and they're having a conversation. Synonym for feline, three letters, starts with C. What's a synonym? I think it's a spice that you put on porridge. Oh, porridge. P O. No, that's not going to fit. <laughs> and then it says, frequent flying shrinks your brain. Oh, I hope we're sitting next to each other. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> they, the pilots, <laughs> the people who are going to be flying the plane. <laughs> Get up are, to go on the plane and say, I hope we're sitting next to each other. So apparently this... This, this is so mean. I know, and it makes you not want to fly on a plane. I know. Oh Frequent flying shrinks your brain. So basically, they're saying pilots are dumb pilots because they are fly idiots. so much. Right. And then it says, find out what we mean, science world. I think that is a bold ad. I love it, honestly. <laughs> like, I think that is really creative and bold, and it really piqued my interest. I, I think that, I think this has the feel of something that was maybe, um, I don't know if it was for like a local thing or, or what science world is exactly. I should probably have looked that up, but I didn't. I will say this. I keep on saying that they say, find out what we mean, but it just says science world. We can explain, right. which I think that's a great tagline. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I, I think that it's, uh, actually I think science world maybe is a, is it a magazine? I don't know. Uh, or it's just like a oh uh, one of those scholastic magazines yeah. for kids. Oh, interesting. But it's such. I mean, it is a bold move to be like, "Hey, pilots are stupid." There's, you know, this might be Canadian too. I'm also seeing something here. Oh, that would explain. Science it. Yeah. World is a charitable the nonprofit. Commonwealth is so is so brave. And Science Center, based in Vancouver, British Columbia, that engages learners across the province in science, technology, engineering, and art, design, and math. Um, okay, God, that's probably what that is. And that commercial has a Canadian feel yes, to Yes, sort of a, like a, a very flippant, um, kind of bold comedy yeah. feel. Yeah, I have a question for you that's less related to commercials and more related to Taylor Swift is would have, could have, should have one of your favorite songs off the new Taylor Swift record. Yes. Can you tell I've listened to it a lot? Because right now I'm I'm logged in as the After These Messages account and you must be logged in at your computer as the same because oh, probably, I see here yeah. in the sidebar would have, could have, should have has already been listened to and I don't know any songs off of that album. Oh yeah, album, I listened so to it all the time. It must have been it's my you. number one with the, it's my absolute <laughs> number one favorite. It was on the 3 a.m., uh, like, like the 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 subsequent release she did the three a.m. release. Oh, she released something after midnight. Yeah, she she released like five or six songs called at the three a.m. Wow, she's prolific, man. Yes, she is. Um, and I, uh, you know, I know everyone's got their opinion on Taylor Swift, but like that woman can write a pop song. Do you know that I don't have an opinion on Taylor Swift? Like, there are some songs I've heard. Like, you know, she. You know this because I've talked about it a lot, and your brother's a fan too of like some acoustic set that she did like ten years ago mm -hmm. at some sort of I think it was like an Emmy space, like it wasn't the Emmy Awards, but no, no, I'm sorry, Gra Gra it'd be Grammys, probably the Grammys, Grammys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, some sort of like a Grammy celebration of something. She did an acoustic set, and I really enjoyed that, but like I don't actually have strong opinions. I think I mentioned to you this weekend I have four extra tickets to um, the Taylor Swift concert that I don't know what I'm going to do with. So if anybody. <laughs> If anybody wants those, hit me up. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you just like got those just by accident. Almost. I see tickets. I buy tickets. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I can, it's, I'll so, figure out who it is later. You'll but figure I can't out who go. it is. And yeah. it's just like it was so easy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we have a couple more uh, commercials on this topic here. Oh, Navy Federal. This makes sense. Uh, yeah. So this one. So we talked about. I said pilots for the the uh, subject of this show. Uh, this kind of came up in my in my research, and it's not pilots in the sense of air, commercial airline pilots, but it is uh, like Navy pilots, right? Like Air Force or mm -hmm. Air Force pilots. I guess they're different. I've never been exactly clear on why there are both Navy pilots and Air Force pilots. Because the Air Force came around later, right? Didn't the Navy handle any kind of air commitments? Until the Air Force came around? I mean, if that's what you're telling me, then I accept that explanation. I'm not telling you. Didn't you hear the question mark at the end of my... 
Um, yeah, you and I have a very proud history of knowing absolutely nothing about the military on this show, and didn't we, like, that, call that proud tradition continues. Today. Didn't we like for a while we were calling like members of the Navy just like boat people or something, or yeah. boatmen, boatmen, or boat boatmen or something, because we didn't know how to refer to them. We should, water we, babies. We should not be doing any kind of Navy federal commercials. Well, anyway, this is um, to I assume Navy pilots uh, up in their fighter jets. And they're uh, so they're and they're talking to each other over the intercom, um, but they're not really focused on whatever their mission is. Okay. Do they see MIGs? Do they? They don't see any MIGs. They don't flip off a MIG. Nobody. Nobody does an inverted uh, flip off of a MIG. Is anybody named Goose? <laughs> I mean, it's unclear. Okay. And we are all clear. Whoa! You see that? What? Craftsman style, three bed, two bath. Huh? Uh, me and the wife are house hunting. Just got pre-approved for a mortgage with Navy Federal Credit Union. No down payment. Roger that. Yeah, roof's in good shape, and it's on a cul-de-sac. Get 100% financing from a top five VA loan provider. Bank left. There's another listing on Walker Road. I think it's got a hot tub. Proudly serving the entire military community. Navy Space Federal Force Credit is in there, too. Our members. Did you see them list Space Force? Oh, yeah, so Space, the yeah. When they say now it's the a, entire military community. Now it's a, now it's a branch. Army, Navy, Coast Guard, it's going by so yeah, quickly, but, but, but yeah. then Space Force, um, Air Force, Marines, veterans. I was at veterans, I was at our Veterans Day, um, uh, like, ceremony the other day for the UW, mm-hmm. and um, we, several years ago, were noted, like, so... At the at the at the Veterans Day ceremony, there's a part of the ceremony where like cadets hold up the flags of all of the branches, right? And several years ago, somebody alerted us that we were not including a Coast Guard flag, and the reason mm-hmm. for that is that we have like a we have like an ROTC for the other for three of the other branches: the Army, the Navy, and I guess the Marines. Um, but we don't we don't have a Coast Guard ROTC, but we still need to have the flag. So mm-hmm. we like, went to the special effort to get the flag. And then the Space Force got invented and we did get also get that flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year we were honoring like we honor one veteran each year um, for their like contributions to the community. And we were honoring a guy who was, in fact, a former Coast Guard Coast Guardsman. Oh, interesting. Um, and we're I'm there at the at the ceremony and my boss uh, looks up at the flags that they have lined up, and he goes, "The Coast Guard flag," we, which we told that like we we actually my office paid for them to get a Coast Guard flag because they didn't have it when they should have. Several years ago, we paid for them to get a Coast Guard flag, and they still didn't have it at the ceremony. Oh no! And so my boss was like, um, "Yeah, we're not doing the ceremony until you go get that Coast Guard flag." So we like, oh, okay, so you noticed it ahead of time, not yeah, during noticed, the ceremony. He noticed it ahead oh. of time, so we all stood around with our <laughs> we all stood around twiddling our thumbs. Until they, well, some, uh, you know, speedy cadet mm-hmm. hauled ass back to the whatever their office is and got the flag and came running back and was like, oh, just. I mean, you guys are lucky to know ass where down. it was. Yeah, well, I mean, we it was at their, at the, whatever. At the actual the, Coast Guard. Well, we don't have like a Coast Guard office, oh, right, but we right. have like a, a veteran's office or I whatever. I see, I see. Um, yeah, somebody knew where it was, thankfully. But like, I, I was just like, oh my God, what if we had done this whole ceremony and then honored this Coast Guard veteran and we didn't have the flag i have a question for you about this commercial which i enjoyed i think it's i think that's a great commercial i think it's pretty funny and i'm glad it doesn't take itself too seriously um but it doesn't reveal until about 12 seconds in that he's looking down at houses and again i have a little i feel a little punch drunk right now and i'm tired for some reason, you know, you just see them in these big helmets with the glassy shields. I thought he was looking at an iPhone or something oh. or using some computer to flip through Zillow. And then here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to hit play from the beginning of this thing. And then I'm going to pipe in when you actually realize, oh, he's looking down at the ground. And I want to know if you think that I was missing the joke. Do they time it this way on purpose as a reveal or um, or is it sort of directed in a way that's confusing and we are all clear whoa you see that what craftsman style three bed two bath huh Uh, me and the wife are house hunting just got pre-approved for a mortgage with navy federal credit union no down payment 
Roger that. Yeah, roofs. Now, now, at, at 13 seconds in, we see that they're looking down at houses, which I just took me, again, I'm a little slow brain today, but I sort of feel like show this establishing shot within the first few seconds, and we realize that the joke is you're just flying around looking down at property. I think you need to, st- I mean, like, I don't know if it would have been better if the house, if this shot of the houses had been introduced slightly sooner or whatever like i've heard this commercial some so many times that the plot of it is very clear to me um i think what you you definitely need to establish that you have fighter jet pilots doing the conversation Mm -hmm, right because the joke of course is that whatever they're supposed to be doing up there what they're actually doing is looking at houses Mm -hmm. no but i mean I, i feel like it's established right away that these are fighter jet pilots but anyway okay so we have one more um and i've never heard of this service travelo this is upsetting oh I mean, it's upsetting that I haven't heard of travel. It's so upsetting that I haven't heard of this. Sorry. This is a bizarre commercial, and I'm including it mostly just so that we can make fun of it. It makes it's just like very it's it's convoluted and it's also kind of gross and sort of sexist. The premise here, the 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 what Travalo is is a type of uh, perfume, I guess, atomizer. Hmm. that can fly on airplanes. And I don't know if there was ever a time, maybe after 9-11, when you couldn't bring, like, perfume atomizers, you know, like something that sprays perfume, mm-hmm. on a plane. And so they, this company invented something that could that was, like, flight allowed. So you have this sort of skeezy-looking, kind of, like, a little bit of, like, a Lothario-type pilot. Just I was going to say, we haven't had that trope of the oversexed the pilot oversexed a empty nest. Yes. Uh, yeah, you haven't. Yeah, where is Joe Isuzu mm-hmm. in this whole discussion? Good I pull. agree. Um, that was his name is David something. His real David Leisure, I think, was the actor's wow. name. Um, God, Joe Isuzu is the name of the character. Well, you had that at your fingertips. Joe Isuzu is the name of the character he played for the Isuzu ads. But oh, David oh, Leisure oh, is the oh. name of the actor who played. The neighbor on Empty Nest, okay, who was gotcha. also the Joe Isuzu. I, I always, you've told me about Joe Isuzu a bunch. You've, I, 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 my brain cannot retain that information. I, I'm always, so sad that like whatever I, whatever information is being crowded out by the fact of David Leisure's whole career yeah. is really tragic. And mm-hmm. honestly, um, so anyway, uh, you got this sort of slightly oversexed kind of like uh, skeezy pilot talking to the camera and talking about how great it is that ladies can have perfume on planes oh now. God. I'd like to thank Travalo for their ingenious invention of a refillable perfume container that's aircraft approved for our female passengers. In the words of Shakespeare, who are so lovely and smell is so sweet. <laughs> with your favorite fragrance spray bottle, you can easily and quickly fill your Travalo with their patented leak-proof filling system. So never Travalo without one. But make sure it's a Travalo. It never leaks. Go to Travalo.com or your favorite health and beauty store to get the one and only Travalo. I will say the product itself is kind of interesting. Yeah. So you take the cap off of your cologne or perfume right. and then you just have the little and you white have it, like, stick fart sticking into up. this little stick. Yeah, then you put the stick in there, a little thing that looks like the size of a tampon maybe or yeah. something like that. And then that becomes like a little bottle. But you're able to, through the squirting mechanism, transfer your cologne or perfume into a different vessel. That is that is a touch tough nut to crack i agree no i mean i i can see the the use case for this i don't like the mm-hmm. use of the phrase female passengers first of all people of all genders yeah wear i don't understand why sense. it has to be female and then he goes into this um he has to go into this uh uh shakespeare quote yeah, it's about so gross. yeah yeah i don't understand why you wouldn't make that apply so, to everybody great so like as a shark i'm saying like yes travalo mm-hmm. i am i'm interested in you and I, I you know i'm in i'm in on this this whole product but I don't like this marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm out. <laughs> I've never even seen that show. I, I just... love that you know enough about that. That shark talk has gotten so into the zeitgeist that you know that. <laughs> I think I know it because that was a recurring joke on comedy Bang Bang. Maybe even just in one episode. Yeah, but that's something. what I'm saying. Like that's the zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, this is the segment called uh, BT Dubs, where we talk about some of the um, commercials that I found on old VHS tapes, and I've dubbed them and posted them up onto YouTube. And I have two for you today uh, from the same baseball game that was airing in October of 1995, and they're for two different Buick cars. I can't remember what they are. Like one's a has a Regency a thing, and a, sounds like a Buick. Yeah, if sure, you said like whatever. You know what? That actually be a great quiz. Is 
is this a Buick? <laughs> is this a Buick? Or something like that. Like, is like, because, you know, these kind of car companies have like certain types of names that naming mm-hmm. conventions that they use. Yeah. And I bet you I could make a quiz for you. That's like, is this a real Honda? Or Could you is have this it done real... by Monday? Because I was going to mention this at the end of the show to promote it, but um, Genevieve will be co-hosting uh, TBTL with me this coming Monday. That's so right. if you uh, want more Genevieve in your life and you're not already listening to my other podcast, um, Vives will be filling in for Luke. And that's always a lot of fun. Um, and I was thinking about fun things we could do. One thing, I we might play the movie game. Oh, I, I really a, do want to play, play the movie game. Where I just throw a, a movie title at you and you have to, from the best of your memory, tell me the plot of it usually something that I have not seen it's called tell me the story of a movie um, but also <laughs> well, I'll do this I don't know if you have time to create a quiz I'll do that Monday. quiz for a future ATM okay yeah that? that sounds good is this a Buick um, all right so uh, these are here two sides of Buick commercials here this first one is called the two sides of you all right and again keep in mind this is 1995 we see um, kind of a middle-aged man who you know you know seems successful and his own middle class way and he's driving like it's kind of funny because Buicks are just kind of basic looking cars I've always liked a Buick um, but you just sort of see this like Buick which is being pitched here as sort of a luxury car but also a, a performance car at the same time and that's why the commercial is called Two Sides of You and we see him he's like a businessman in a suit and he's coming home maybe after a long day or maybe he's heading to work who knows um, and then uh, but then maybe he's going to see his mistress it could be anything in a suit right and then though we see him in the rear view mirror and in the rear view mirror suddenly he's wearing sunglasses and he's like a rock and roller wearing a leather jacket because this car really realizes that there's two sides to everyone. Let me guess. One side of you craves easy chair comfort, while the other side itches for performance, right? Well, meet Buick Regal, with its famous 3800 V6 engine and grand touring suspension. Add to that an all-new interior with body-sensitive seats. And finally, there's a car for the two of you. Buick Regal. And then at the end, there's a split in the road, and the car literally kind of splits into two cars um, through editing, and, and, you know, it represents the the dichotomy there one thing that i think is hilarious that i just noticed on this rewatching is when it like kind of kicks in and it's like and the music gets faster and like the guy in the the version of you in the leather jacket slams on the uh pedal you see him push the volume button up this is when the volume button was new on steering wheels and it's kind of interesting did you notice that you see his thumb push the volume button up and then you see a close-up of the knob on the actual radio like in the console so that, and you, you know see what's happening. that the volume yeah. knob goes up look at this i'll just keep this a look at that yeah, like they, i don't know if that physically happened or not i doubt it but well like, clearly they're trying to they're trying to communicate if that was a new, a new feature, feature they're trying like, to communicate yeah. i want to talk about this leather jacket can we just can yeah. we can we dig in on the jacket here yeah do you need what me to call it? it up again yeah what is it about like men of a certain vintage it and is definitely generational too. I don't think gener- it's an age thing. Okay, it's a say very boomery it's thing. It's a boomery thing. This, this is like this jacket is fu- ugly. Yeah, but in this guy's imagination and his fevered imagination, or the fevered imagination of the type of person who would see this ad and recognize themselves. This is like a cool Fonzie jacket. It's also 1995, so it's kind of, you know. I guess it's the 90s, but still yeah. it's an ugly, it was an ugly jacket in the 90s. Yeah. It's an ugly jacket now. There's just like, there's a middle-aged man leather jacket or a boomer man leather jacket that is just, I just think it's so tragic. Mm-hmm. I really do. Also, like, oh. I don't even know if I can describe this. And I don't want to just be mean to boomers. I think a lot of our listeners are of that generation. But like there was just something, you know, as in in the, something that I experienced firsthand, although I didn't realize what I was experiencing because I was so young. But I'm able to kind of like see it now with context is like we lived through the era, the late 80s and early 90s was when the boomer generation was starting to grapple, especially with. And I'm talking about specifically through the lens of commercials and pop culture and trying to advertise to these folks it's like 
they're the generation that quote unquote invented rock and roll, right? right. And, and they were the rebel generation and the it's hard for them to stop seeing but themselves as they're cool. coming of yeah. age. And I always think of like, wasn't there like an episode of Family Ties where like it's not bad to the bone. That'd be the wrong generation. It was like a um, wild thing. It's uh-huh. like wild thing always. Like this to me, when he gets when he turns the volume on the radio here, like that is they if they could have put wild thing yes. in there, they would have. It was it's playing. The, it's just not si- Exactly. He's listening to wild thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it kind of represents like, hey, we're still the wild thing generation. <laughs> exactly you know? right. Um, and listen, hey, listen, our generation is aging too and probably not super gracefully. So if I am offending anybody with that, I'm not, I'm Look, not trying to be Xers rude are, to you. The are uh, almost equally deserving of opprobrium. Now, uh, speaking of opprobrium, which is a word I just learned literally one second ago. I use it all the time. I know, but I'm I never pay attention. I'm constantly heaping opprobrium. I told it's like you, my Genevieve, main thing. I don't listen to you. <laughs> this is another Buick commercial that aired during the same exact baseball game. This is for a Buick Riviera, so it's not a Regency. I don't know if that's oh, a yeah, thing. I gotta put together a Buick <laughs> names quiz. I'm very excited about this. I feel like there is. And it's, a... I think it'd be funnier if it was just yeah. all Buicks. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Is it a Buick? It is, is it a Buick? Is the name of the show. Um, you a Buick? <laughs> like, yeah, the, I feel like there's a Buick Bur- is it the bursar's office in a in a college? Well, I mean, lots of not uh, bursars are are not unique to colleges and universities. What is a bursar? I just realized they I'm dispense 45. money. Oh, okay. The is they a Buick bursar. Money. Oh, I see. That's interesting. Um, okay, but anyway, I, I do want to keep the thread here of comparing these two commercials because I think bursars might have like begun on ships. Maybe. Oh, really? That sounds vaguely familiar. I think, and it I really think is might... related to dispersing. Well, because that's a different letter. It is a different letter, but I don't know. English is a weird language. Yeah, it is. Okay, but here, I, let's not get bogged down in that for real, because I want to talk about something here. So, same exact year, same... Oh, I just want to say I was wrong. It is specific to a college or university. Okay. Um, the, the Here we see Buick advertising to men, right? And very specifically, middle-aged boomer men in 1995. And so we get to see him, um, you know, viewing himself as both a successful businessman who's really who's really killing it, um, but also he's still got his wild side, right? Now, here's Buick advertising a, um, what I say this was? I've already forgotten the bursar. Here it is, a Riviera. And this is clearly advertising to women, okay? Okay. And and we see a woman in a car, but uh, she's as the car is winding through country roads or whatever. She's also seeing flashbacks of, I guess, herself as a young girl splashing through puddles or playing in fields of flowers. But I need you to check this out, Vives, because there's some specific imagery here I want you to pick up on. Okay. Okay. When was the last time you played in the rain? Let your hair go wild. Flexed your muscles to the world. Stayed up past your bedtime. When was the last time you really had fun in a car? Riviera by Buick. Go ahead. Express yourself. Anything strike you in the imagery of that that I find to be a very off-putting. I mean, it's clearly it's supposed to be about her experience, extremely right? Extremely off-putting. Except, am I wrong? She's in the passenger seat. Where's the bell? Right? You're advertising this to women by showing this woman, and she's in this Vaseline-lensed, you know, fantasy sequence where the car is driving around on a beach, right. which you are not allowed to do. And she's seeing flashbacks of little girls and, stomping in rain and like, puddles. And, you and, know, like uh, like overlay of like gauzy pictures of this couple over the like sunset clouds. But you never really see him. You just yeah, sort of see him sort of a little a bit in the background. He's yeah. a presence. You see a, a, almost like a little like kind of an outline yeah. of his face near the end. But it's like, are you kidding Can me? Can we not even you put can't this put woman in the driver's seat? Literally and figuratively in the driver's seat yeah. of this commercial? It's, it really jumped out at me. Oh my God, I was really astounded. And like, listen, we've talked about other car commercials from these exact videotapes. So same exact era, if not same exact baseball game, frankly. Um, yeah, I thought it was sexist that the one co- company, the one car only advertised the cup holder feature. Right. But, but at the, least the woman was driving her own car with the cup holder. Well, remember there is another one though where... Um, a woman was like kind of like 
showing her wild side and freedom and it's unclear oh, and she, she like, flicks she, off a truck driver or waves at him. Yeah, at least that was like she's that mad, was, She's like, I'm driving this because the barista was mean to me yeah, this morning. It didn't make a lot of sense, but at least she <laughs> at was least empowered she, for God's At least God's she was sakes. allowed to drive her <laughs> own car that was being advertised to her. Ridiculous. That is nuts. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. I feel like we should get... Like you really two hate or, waiting two for the music to end, Two or don't three you? credits towards a gender studies uh, degree just yeah, from doing true. this show. Yeah. Instead, I just have this T-shirt that says, this is what a feminist looks like, and it doesn't even fit me. <laughs> well, you're meant to wear it as a crop top. <laughs> I don't actually That have is that what shirt. a feminist looks like. Yeah. What do we got here? Uh, let's see, because I didn't go through these uh, emails Oh, yeah, today. this is on me. Okay. Um, so we talked last week about um, commercials that use the uh, the trope of the mafia uh, as a, as a you know, jokey way of selling a product. Um, and it all emerged from a, 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 an episode of Rockford Files that we watched that was like this weird spinoff uh, written by David Chase and uh, written about some Jersey mobsters. And we were just astounded that you in a as a joke called it a, a trial run for the sopranos yeah and in fact and it turns out it was directed it by david actually Chase, sort of was and he later it, it was, like referred back to it, it. was the same mm-hmm. dna which was just really like sort of mind-blowing to us so this is from michael he says i just got to this week's atm i feel like i need to share some dazzling or maybe not deets about the rockford david chase connection i grew up in an nyc bedroom community verona new jersey the Sopranos was set in and around it. Tony's house was in the next town west, North Caldwell. Dr. Melfi's office was in Montclair, another neighboring city, and several cl- characters lived in Verona. Mm-hmm. So my two degrees, as uh, Michael, uh, of separation comes from the fact that David Chase's father owned Wright's Hardware in the center of down- downtown Verona. Why wasn't it called Chase's Hardware? Did he buy? I guess he bought it from somebody named Wright. Mm, yeah. Who knows? Uh, it was a very old school local hardware store. Uh, dark wooden floors, retro wooden bins, lots of merchandise. Ugh, that's, Sounds great. That's I can smell my jam. It. I can smell it and it smells good. I want to go to there. I spent a lot of time there growing up before the tinkerer part of my personality really emerged. Or maybe that's why mm-hmm. the, it was emerging. It was emerging. That's, that was where you incubated. Um, Chase largely grew up in North Caldwell, so it makes sense that he set, set the show in Jersey rather than New York City. Apparently, Luke was uh, speculating about this. Oh, I did did cr- do a little cross content with the, my story about David Chase and mm-hmm. the Rockford Files. Yes, um, <clears throat> there is no power out, says Michael. But in a funny, uh, funny fit of synchronicity, the the episodes where we talked your episode of TV Tale and this episode of ATM where we talked about. Um, that uh, we talked about those commercials were on the same, dropped on the same day that Michael Imperioli was on Fresh Air. Of course, Michael Imperioli was Christopher, and but now, of course, he's just promoting White Lotus. Well, which now, we're also watching. Now I'm just going to continue to steal and swap content between the two shows because <laughs> I remember I got an email from someone today that I don't have in front of me right now. This was again responding to my similar conversation about all of this with Luke on TBTL, and somebody wrote into that show to tell me that they had a weird coincidence where they were listening to Fresh Air and Michael Imperio- Imperioli Imperioli, Imperioli was on that. And one of the things that I mentioned on TBTL that I don't think came up on this show was um, whenever I'm putting on shorts in the summertime, you yell at me a Don doesn't wear shorts. Anytime right? you ask me, should I wear shorts? Like, is it cold? Or is it warm enough to wear shorts? I, I can't. I mean, it is a tick. Like, I don't, I cannot respond in any other way except to say, Adon, don't wear shorts. Well, somebody wrote in <laughs> on that topic because apparently that was brought up in this Fresh Air interview, oh, really? which just aired. I in should fact, listen to that. I haven't listened to Fresh Air in so I'm long. I'm going to see here, I'm doing something on the fly, and I don't know if this is going to be a, a total disaster here, but I'm going to see if I can go back and find this email because the person who wrote in about this also included a link to that Fresh Air episode. And instead of me recapping what they <laughs> recapped in the email, I'm going to see if I can needle drop it and find it Oh, that'd it be here. good, yeah. Um, you know, Jim got a call in the middle of the night, maybe after season three or something like that, an anonymous call, unknown number. And Jim answers like, hello, and the guy's like, hello. And Jim's like, yeah. The guy says, look, we like what you're doing. 
you're doing a good job, but you got to know one thing. A Don never wears shorts. <laughs> this is James Gandolfini? Hung I think up. So. <laughs> and Jim never found out uh, who he was or how he got his number or anything like that. Oh, I mean, that's God. funny. It's also kind of scary. Yeah. I, you know... And then I really want to hear the rest of this. This this is the first time I've actually heard that That's audio. Amazing. I only had it described to me. Let's see. Can I give this is from a listener Emily, by the way, again writing into TBTL. But yeah, you're. That's a line that you say to me all the time. We're not like I, some I miss, huge Sopranos family. I think the line but, is Carmine says the, a Don doesn't wear shorts. Uh-huh. I always misquote it as a Don don't wear shorts. Yeah, right. But, um, but that was like one of the. I think the part leading up to that is Michael Imperioli is saying no, we didn't really use a bunch of real life dialogue except, or whatever except for one, one time somebody called James Gandolfini so in the middle of the night and called... said hey listen the Don don't wear shorts somebody's called him in the middle pretty of pretty amazing night. right that's terrifying we were also talking about Brad Garrett in last week's episode Brad Garrett uh, is the guy um, well he does of the course. Jimmy's John's commercials and of course got his big became really a household name from Everybody Loves Raymond Everybody Loves Raymond he's Raymond's brother yeah. um, and, and he's, then... he's had his own sitcom career but yeah. he was and I really want to thank Matt because he reminded me that Brad Garrett also had a pretty major role in the second season of, Far- of the TV show Fargo. Oh yeah, I which saw I really the enjoyed. Season, yeah, I, I did get not, them all confused. I, I did not keep up with yeah. Fargo. I would actually, it's on my list of like things to go back to and finish out. But I loved loved the first season. I've watched it several times. You have? Yeah. The first season you've this, gone back even though you didn't finish the series. That's interesting. Yeah, the first season with Billy Bob Thornton is truly some of the best television that's ever been made. And I mean, I think about I think about some of the things that happened in that season just like on the regular. The second season delved into some sort of slightly like I guess paranormal yeah, elements yeah. that didn't quite work for me. Me too. Although some, st- I know it's very Cohen staunch Brothers. Staunch defenders also yeah. said that it, it's a, it was a very specific reference to some Minnesota happenings. I, I and accept so, that like, as yeah. true. It just, it's just what it, what works yeah, for me and yeah. what doesn't. Uh, but like, I was real. I, Matt, uh, I'm really mad. I'm really glad you reminded me about this performance because I went and watched a scene with him and Gene Smart, who Gene oh, Smart. I she's in there. How is she in everything that I like? Yeah, Watchmen. Hacks, yeah. Fargo. Yeah. She is just, I mean, her, I guess you could call it her second act. She is absolutely killing it. You know, she's a, a UW grad. No, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, she got, she went to their school of drama. University of Wisconsin. No. Go Badgers. Don't even say that. <laughs> no, um, but anyway, I, I actually love Brad Garrett. I think he's a tremendous <laughs> talent. I love watching, I love seeing him do drama because I think he's like one of those rare actors who can really cover the waterfront on drama to comedy. Mm-hmm. He can play someone who's chilling and scary, someone for whom, like like in these, and I think that that's what makes these Jimmy John's ads so successful, is that he is a, an actor who can be scary and chilling and also buffoonish and, mm-hmm. a, and ridiculous. And when you combine those two elements, what do you get? Besides Tony Bolonovich, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so Matt says, I really like the Jimmy John's commercial. He says Jimmy's John's commercial, <laughs> which I love that that's like yep, they've they've course. rebranded themselves as a joke. Liberty Biberty. With Brad Garrett. I wanted to let you and listeners know that he played a mafia middleman on Fargo uh, year two, kind of adjacent to the commercial campaign. It was a killer performance. I, Matt, I totally agree. When I watched this scene, which I'm going to have Andrew play here, where um, he's like this Kansas City mob middle manager guy where he's like he's sort of just this like bureaucrat who's literally doing a PowerPoint or like a slide presentation because it's the 50s. He's doing this like slide presentation to make a business case to the the, the head of the mob, the Kansas City mm-hmm. mob, that they should take over this um, North Dakota crime family's territory, the Gerhards. They're run by uh, uh, Gene Smart. And it's got slides and everything and he does just like a wonderful job of just sounding like a kind of competent but pretty bored businessman giving a presentation that he's you know well equipped to give but he's not like he's not some bloodthirsty maniac he's just a businessman whose business happens to be killing people <laughs> i only know this because the screenshot in front of me tells me this scene actually takes place in the very late 70s this oh excuse like me i said 50s yeah. um it's a very small point. the past is a foreign country but here, let's take a listen so as you see on page 16 of the prospectus the main component of our northern expansion strategy 
involves the absorption of the Gerhardt family syndicate, headquartered in Fargo, N.D. Now, the Gerhardts control trucking and distribution for the entire northern Midwest. It's a family business started in 1931 by Dieter Gerhardt. Now deceased and taken over in 1950 by his son, Otto. Now, not in the report, but of relevance to this meeting, old Otto had a stroke yesterday in the family compound in North Dakota. Leaving who in charge? Unclear. His wife, Floyd, she's tough, but, you know, a girl. <laughs> and then there are the three sons, Dodd, Bear, and Rye. And of course, they all want their shot at the throne, which the boys in research think provides a tactical opportunity for us to move aggressively to acquire or absorb their operation. And if you can't, and the current business owners resist, we liquidate. This is so beautifully shot. Isn't approved. it wonderful? He says approved. I need to watch. I need to, you know what? I don't even think I'm going to go back and rewatch. I want to pick up where I left I do off. Too. I think I I'm need down to watch. for that project. Yeah, I think I need to rewatch. I think I'd start amazing with actors. season three. I think so amazing I actors were in the subsequent seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm down to clown. Uh, anyway, I really thank you, Matt, for reminding me because I had totally forgotten that he was part of that season. And it is just, it is you know great television what the hell is this next email about i don't understand any of these words yeah okay so this is uh from josh josh was ripping a trauma dvd from 1999 and came across this this was on our facebook group um he did not upload this so i so trauma entertainment what is true i learned about and, oh, and this is where we need our friend camara camaro yes 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 they this make is... a lot of they made a lot of like cheap hacky b-horror yes of, right know, trauma is almost a genre and it was run almost, basically by yeah. a, like a, a cult of personality guy Precisely. yes 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 okay um so uh, he was ripping a trauma dvd and somehow came across this ad for traumaville.com which was in i guess when the internet got invented um this is an ad for like basically like the dark web before the dark web and it's amazing and i just want you to play it okay all the way through here yeah just okay. hit play greetings from the virtual city of tromaville official home to all lovers of fiercely independent culture this groundbreaking internet portal is your key to the most progressive music, movies, games, action sports, and information on the World Wide Web. Join a movement rooted in cutting-edge sites, sounds, and interactivity. Tromaville is the underground platform of the future. Chat, where you will find free everything email, you're looking shopping. for, and exciting new features to satisfy your craving for advanced multimedia entertainment. This is all code Experience for porn, and participate in the universal counterculture movement of the future. Not exclusively, but there is clearly like I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of there's like, explicit kind of, content. A lot of explicit content. Yeah. I don't think it's just. I shouldn't say uh, yeah, that. I don't think that's the case. It's it's more like yeah, it's, it's but it's like this idea of like the dark web before there was like the dark web. Mm -hmm. um, the dark, really, the dark web. I think it's more like a culty fan base and saying like now we're online and you can find all of our stuff there. I don't think Trome. I think you're exaggerating. I mean, yeah, it was like real slashy were... and real like. like of TNA and yeah, I'm not saying it's for me, okay, but you're right. I don't you can't, think it's you dark can't, web. You can't it's buy you can't buy opium or whatever yeah, on it. Yeah, I mean not to. But I think it was meant to be pretty. They were trying to be edgy. Maybe this reminds me of something that I came across that I need to play for you. I've been sitting on something for a while oh, now, boy. and I don't know exactly what to do with it. And this doesn't really fit uh, with. I don't think this really necessarily fits with the mission of our show, but after seeing that we have commercial, a yeah, to talk about TV commercials, <laughs> good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit. Um, this is something that I've had on my mind for months now since I, I ran across it on a VHS tape. And I don't really have any place to put it because it's not a commercial. And okay. our mission on this show is to talk about commercials. And also, 
it cuts off midway through this feature. And so I don't want to isolate it and post it to YouTube because it just cuts off. But basically, I have one of these VHS tapes that I found. It has a, an important Mariners game on it, like their playoff game. And then afterwards, whoever was recording the, the Mariners on the TV and was very excited about this moment in 1995, they continued to record Cairo. That's the local TV station, the Cairo newscast after this big game, right? Uh -huh. Well, because the Mariners were in the playoff, that was basically what the entire newscast was. It was features with Mariners fans that were pre-taped. It was just like the entire newscast sure. at the 11 o'clock news or wall whatever it was. Wall to wall about Mariners baseball and everybody freaking their shit out, except for this part. Now, whoever was taping this only cared about Mariners baseball. So when things got off topic in about two minutes here, this feature just cuts off. But after the Mariners coverage, this is what happens on the newscast. It's hard to imagine, but maybe it's Thanks, true. Tony. Tony, thank okay. you. Superstar Clint Eastwood was planning to write an autobiography when Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen approached the actor-director and suggested a different kind of storytelling. He says, why not put your life and career on a CD-ROM disc? <laughs> that was the suggestion, and it worked. That was entertainment specialist John Procaccino now with more on that. John. Autobiographies of the stars are... They're a thing of the past. Yeah. Why, why when you've got CD-ROMs? Right? Clint Eastwood has helped put together a comprehensive, interactive look at his oh, life and career that begins God. on May 30th, 1930, the day he was born, to the present. It includes all 53 of his films, old TV appearances, old commercials, and for both film and computer buffs, it's a blast. It's a party! A cyber-viewing party for the media and the computer industry to get a first look at Eastwood, an interactive CD-ROM program that has clips from all 53 of the actor-director's films. Go ahead. Make my day. But according to Kelly Curtis, the CD-ROM's producer, Eastwood explores more than just the movies he's made. It's a two-CD-ROM product full of hundreds of audio and video clips. It goes throughout his professional career, but also his personal life. But the most important thing about it is it has in-depth interview about Clint talking about his life, his co-stars, and the movies he's made. I wish you, I wish you could see the, the graphics of this thing. It is... So of a moment. It's like a timeline of his movies. Yeah. Over the past five years, there have been literally dozens of CD-ROM programs on the market to cover the entire film industry. But Eastwood, the interactive CD-ROM, is the first program dedicated... And then it ends. No, we won't post oh, can it because you not, you can't I don't post have it uploaded because it just ends in the middle of you can't just upload a sentence. It? Uh, not, I'm not promising that right, right. now. Well, um, anyway, that thing is fucking is amazing. Is that not amazing? And also this, by the way. And I thought Paul Allen's greatest contribution to culture was a tower made of guitars. Yeah, a big phallus of guitars to yeah. himself. Yeah. Um, that he can strum and stroke. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to upload that because it's just, it ends abruptly. Whoever was recording this is like, nah, not the Mariners. But yeah. I love that he, <laughs> the news reporter, the, the local, so <laughs> the local um, entertainment reporter's like, autobiographies of stars, a thing a of thing the past. Of the he past. actually makes the raspberry sound and throws a hook of a thumb over his shoulder. CD-ROMs? <laughs> That's, That's the, the future. future. And he makes it sound like, that this contains all 52 movies on two CD-ROMs when later on it's more clear that it's just like, yeah, clips of him saying, go ahead, make my right. day. Clips you've, I don't know, never heard before. And it's not a commercial. It's a news piece That's about incredible. a CD-ROM. That is like, that is the, such a time capsule. I know. I love it. I I'm, wish we had the I'm whole so report. Glad that, I know. I then went online and I started looking. I'm like, maybe somebody else had this. But like, it's a it's Como so report. Yeah. Like, I couldn't tell if this is one it's of those Como things. Or Cairo. Where, Get your story or Cairo. Straight. Sorry. I couldn't tell if this was something that was a national report that was then... Uh, packaged as the local feature, you know how they do that a lot, yeah. or if because of the Microsoft connection, it feels I got the impression that local. maybe it was a more of a local feature. Yeah. So who else has this random Cairo newscast yeah. featuring this thing? But the, somebody who only cared about the Mariners stopped the tape there in 1995. Heartbreaking, and it's driving me crazy. You can sell anything. Well, thank you for indulging my pilot episode. Uh -huh. um, you can you can react to this show if you want to call us. Please do call us at 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. 
visit us on our YouTube page where sadly that clip does not exist, but a lot of great other ones do. Uh, or visit us on the Facebook group. We always have a good time there. And don't forget, uh, Genevieve will be joining us on TBTL, if you're unfamiliar, Too Beautiful to Live, uh, this coming yeah, Monday. Yeah, I'll probably be telling the story of a movie that Andrew hasn't seen. So if that was something you were interested in, um, check it out. Talk to you guys then.